Good afternoon, listeners. Happy Monday. On today's episode, we are talking about Ephesians 2. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Beyond the Row, where we take a deeper look into Sunday morning sermons to spark what life beyond the row looks like for followers of Jesus. Well, good morning. Happy Monday, Abram, Nathan, and who's that third guy down at the end of the table? Oh, yeah, he's wearing a polo. He is wearing a polo. He's looking sharp. (laughs) He has a voice, too. Jason McDonald here. Jason McDonald, welcome to the podcast. You are our very first guest speaker on our podcast. It's good to have you. Great to be here. Good. Um, why don't you tell the listeners just a quick little 10-second blip about yourself? 10 right. seconds? Ten, I got wow. you. 10 yeah. seconds. Start the timer. <laughs> Jason McDonald, I am uh, the new executive pastor here Three, at Avenue two, Church. One. Having a great time. Okay. Thank you. That was excellent. <laughs> Nailed it. That was good. All right. Um, I can't even do that. Before we get into our conversation today, Nate, is there anything coming up you need to remind listeners about? Nope. Not, not right now. Uh, Easter is coming, but uh, we've still got a little ways out. Yeah. I knew. I do know of one announcement, though, is that is um, for all our male listeners, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So oh, that's true. Make sure you get something special for that lovely lady in your life. Or they're going to be listening tomorrow morning on Valentine's Day. Like, oh, yeah, today is Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> love Dr. Nick over here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, um, so that was kind of a, just a fun, laughy way to introduce Jason, but um, let's really introduce him properly. Nate, you want to yeah, take absolutely. it? Yeah, this is fun. We, uh, we've we been talking about uh, as the church continues to grow, and, uh, you know, of course we want to get better and be better stewards. Uh, the elders actually did a good job of pushing me, and, um, and then Jason and Michelle and the kids entered our lives. Was that August? Started uh, showing up around August, early yeah. August. And I remember it was the um, that Sunday. It was the parade and uh, blueberry festival. Yeah, the blueberry Lexington. festival. Yeah, and so like, oh, there's this new family, and then he started talking about missional communities, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy gets it, you know. And but then we like we got a parade to get to. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Y'all had to leave. We we kept you kept you behind. You did. It was great though. We enjoyed it. And then uh, kind of we had you over for dinner. My wife was already like, maybe this guy. Maybe this guy has what it takes to be our new executive pastor. It happened like, that fast. It happened that fast. And I was just like, what in the world just happened there? I'm like, she's like, I'm going to ask him. And I'm like, I, I don't even know him. You know, <laughs> she's like, I don't know. It's just this vibe I get. You know? <laughs> and that played out. Use the word vibe. Something like that. It was It was uh, one of those. Liz. Yeah. need to talk. And that dynamic played out in person while Michelle and I were sitting on the other side of the table. Just so you That's know. That's hilarious. It I did. never imagine that. Yeah. It did. And I was like super nervous because I thought, uh, what if we just promised him something that we can't deliver on? You know, things like that. That's my mind was going to. And little did I know, man, that really, really worked out. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> so, so he's here. You're, you hail from Houston, Texas, kind of. Yep. Yeah, we grew up, uh, Michelle and I both grew up in Mount Vernon, uh, but we rolled out as soon as we got out of high school, pretty much went to college, and then out of college we moved out of state. So... Uh, been in Houston. We got to Houston uh, first of the year in 2008, and then moved back up here in July of 22. Yeah, you were down there for a while. Yep. So, do you hate the cold? So I love the cold. The rest of my family, for the, for the most part, hates the cold. But I like. I grew up snowboarding and sledding and screwing around with the snow. Yeah. And so, so I I enjoy it. Uh, I hate the cold. 
I love the cold. Yeah, yeah I, I know you different. do. I deal with it. Yeah, yep. you do. Man, I'm so glad that you're here. Yes, welcome. Yeah, Thank welcome. You, Thanks, y'all. <clears throat> welcome to the podcast table. So uh, we're in our second episode of this sermon series, um, Ephesians chapter 2. And it is so funny. I, um, I totally forgot how much good, good scripture and advice and just like just amazing words are in chapter 2. It is such a good chapter. And in fact, I want to start this out. Um, Nate, you know, I'm not trying to toot your horn, but um, this was toot my, away. my favorite sermon that I think you have ever done. Thanks, man. Wow. And it's not because of you. It's because of Ephesians 2. <laughs> <laughs> it actually has nothing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul was no, pretty no, great. I, yeah, I, th- I thought you did great. Um, I think the material in there, there was so much to go with. I love that you started talking about, you know, even like just our body being a temple, so be careful what you put into it. That's big with me right now. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and my Hero Makers group is going to learn about that later too, but... Um, man, it's I'll just like, it was, podcast. felt very personal. It felt very, very personal to me. And maybe that's why I gravitated, I gravita- gravitated. Yeah. Is that the word? Yeah. yeah. That's why it meant so much to me. That's actually so, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I'm always curious about like what people are thoughts are, especially since all of us are on this table. Like, I mean, I didn't grow up in the church, but I've been around the church now for, oh goodness, how old am I? 30, 20 just a little over 20 years <laughs> yeah right so i'm just sitting here like uh uh you know you, you you read the scriptures a lot and you go through the letters a lot or you go through the gospels you know am i really going to learn more um you know the funny thing is i think i do as well um but i'm always fascinated with like specifically christians and stuff and when you know because it's a sunday morning here's the message um, are you are you going to learn something from it, or is there something that's going to at least for me? It's not so much I care much how much you remember and say like, oh, this is my. Head. Although that's important to me, but I care more more about how are you going to live this out. Um, uh, and Nick kind of shared that a little bit, like, but what are, what were you guys' thoughts a little bit on say just the message in general, or maybe something that stuck out to you in that scripture that was um, important? I guess you know because there's certain like home run scriptures in. Ephesians 2, and then there's Holy others. Yeah, there's the ones that are like the mm-hmm. like the foundation of faith, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. What do you think, Abe? Um, yeah, I I I liked it. I think here's the thing. You, you talk about what if you what if you said, "Nah, I didn't really like it." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's okay. Not a fan. There, there are certain <laughs> times that I definitely. Hey, uh, oh. if you don't know me, guys. Sorry, speak, Pastor Blair. I speak pretty openly. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't have much to say negative about Pastor Blair. Shout out, Pastor Blair. <laughs> Uh, he's a legend. No. Um, where's I going with this? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I sometimes, I grew up in church, and, and I will fully admit to you, I was not in the Word like I should have been or that God expects us to be. Um, so I thought I was doing pretty good. But probably the last year or so, <laughs> I have realized I was not doing very good, meaning there's a lot of things that I missed. And a lot of things that I didn't know. And like, cause obviously I was just, I was basically just learning what I was being taught. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't necessarily for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a good testament to realizing that there really is more than I necessarily 
always think about or mm-hmm. always know about. And and I'm I'm in Luke, same with Nick right now in Hero Makers, and I've read through Luke, but man, I didn't realize. I think what I was missing from Jesus, like I was, always, I don't know. Jesus is just laying some heat on these people, and then it correlates with Ephesians too. So I don't want to get too off track, but I think I came to realize that Paul does the same thing. And I mean, he's doing it here too of, of really laying the groundwork of what, what does it look like? What has Jesus done? And then what does it look like for us? I mean, we'll get into what does it look like for us to live it out, but he's really just laying the groundwork of this is constantly supposed to be on our minds. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we, we don't always see. Like, I think people are always like, dude, are you going to talk about anything else? Like we talked about this. Oh yeah. We saw, but like people are always saying, are you going to talk about something else? And it's like, there really isn't anything else to talk about. I mean, the Bible tells one story, really, in a general way. I mean, it tells tons of detail, but it tells the same story. Like, everything is consistent. And I think that Ephesians 2 really is telling us the same beautiful story as you know, we're reconciled by Christ through Jesus. And that is the most important thing yeah. that there is. I mean, have you had, a, like, a light bulb moment? Like, because you talked about this idea of, um, you were into it, but now you are. But like, what yeah. what what turned that on for you to say, you know, I need to get back into this for real? Yeah, I would say for me, it's it's realizing um, having friends that were way further along than me. Oh, okay. Meaning, like, there were friends, and I shout out shout out some of my Presbyterian Calvinist friends. <laughs> uh, that that really put it on me. I mean, I'm serious. Like, oh, for sure. I mean, they were ready to go, and I got exposed. Yeah. I mean, exposed. Yeah. And that was like for me the moment when I realized, dude, I I've got to get in the word and realize what it is I believe and why I believe it for myself. Yeah. And then that was what really gave me that that mindset was to say, I got to start doing this for myself, and I got to get ready. And also, we we've talked about this, but. I got to make sure I'm right. Meaning mm. if I'm going to defend this and I'm going to live this, I got to make sure what I'm teaching, preaching, and also what I'm saying I believe is legitimate. Yeah. So I'd say for me, that was my, that was my go. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. He's good. What about you, Jason? So I, I, I was the one that uh, they got to open up reading it. And I, I, when I did, I, I emphasized the things that stick out to me. And there are a lot of, as for you, for you, mm-hmm. for for it is by grace you have been saved. And I was it, uh, one of the, th- the cool things about uh, about Sunday mornings is, is my, my seventh grader sits with me, and he asks me good questions, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and we'll talk during the, the sermon. Sorry, sorry, Nate. But we'll, we'll talk and go back oh, and that's forth. That's what I always hear. You're hearing us chattering in the back. Yeah, can you guys keep it down back there? <laughs> and and I, I, I specifically love uh, 8 through 10 here. Um, the kids did VBS sometime back in, uh, I mean, it's been years ago in Houston, but it was a VBS, and one of their, their scriptures was uh, 10. For, and, and I read out of the NIV a lot, and it was, For we are God's workmanship. Mm-hmm. And, and so they memorized that. We wrote it on their bathroom mirror. They, they read it. It was the coolest. And, and then we just really haven't talked about it since. Now, we'll say worksmanship, things like that. Um, and so it was really cool having two of my three sitting next to me during that because it was, guys, this is the context, right? It was, for it is by grace you have been saved, and it's not you, um, and, and you are God's worksmanship. And then so take that, that's something that we've – preached into the kids and and they they have come to embody that they are god's worksmanship and that there's work to do out of that and then i love the uh the greek the poema yeah poema and and because 
I had never, I, I'd read Masterpiece before checking out different, but I'd never really gone exegetical on that, looked at what is that word, what was that word, what did Paul physically write, and then what does that mean? And it, it became beautiful, not just, um, if you will, a, a, a piece of, a, a clay pot that you can put water in, but but a masterpiece and it's mm-hmm. we are that and there is a purpose for yeah. us and it was a, a really cool oh, way a pretty picture with the with the kids to to, yeah. to move that scripture forward in my life as well as theirs mm-hmm. yeah it's like you're the uh, ultimate uh picture like yeah. you're the most beautiful intricate you know design but you're still a picture yeah. um and that it's filled with him you know and um I, I don't know. That's a that's a really neat picture. So I am also an NIV reader, yeah. and so I've never oh, seen I love the, the word masterpiece yeah. in there. And the inner musician in me, um, you know, it's just like that is so cool. Like it totally makes me think of God's affection for me differently. You know, because I know what it's like to be proud of something. You know, I know what it's like to to work really hard on a piece of music or a piece of artwork or something that, you know, it, it, it has a job to do, but also you could admire it just because you created it. Because it's cool. And yeah. it's just, and so it, it just it just blows my mind. And it also just reiterate, re- reiterates to me that that God is the ultimate creative being. You know, and I believe he is still creating. And so for, mm-hmm. for any artist listener, you know, you being described as a poem itself uh, is just so inspiring. I, uh, I, I, f- I feel like it's, a, it's an incredible picture. But to understand the fact that we are his, in a sense, poetry. Um, and it's, you know, again, we'll get into that kind of the, it's by grace we've been saved. But. I think the hard part that many of us um, maybe struggle to get, or maybe pe- this is why many people won't follow Jesus, has, is to understand, though, that we were broken. I mean, I, 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 I should also say are as in present tense, too, but the reality is, is that uh, Christians, for us, you know, we were, you know, and... Um, we're made righteous. We're we're made righteous by him, but um, but many still kind of live in that reality. And the question is, is that I mean, especially in our culture right now, that we struggle with is <laughs> calling things sin, and and I think that's what's so incredible about the beginning of this um, chapter is that he wants to make sure that we understand that. Oh, FYI, though, you didn't begin or begin. Um, as a follower of Jesus, that just isn't true. We were all sinners. Um, in fact, he even tells, I mean, he's writing to Gentiles because the people in the Ephesus church were Gentile, uh, by nature. Eventually they're trying, Jewish people try to go and mess that up, but the beginning of it, they're Gentiles. And so, um, and he's saying you were away from him. You were abandoned from him. So which is why I started off with kind of a question of, you know, one, it's one of the questions I get a lot is, you know, why do bad, or why do, why do people, if God is so loving, why does he send people to hell? Um, I thought that would be a great transition to understand that. Well, I don't know if your question is the right question to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the question is, is um, why do people go to hell? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a question. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know, maybe there's a better question than that. But the whole point of the gospel is, is like, well, he got in our way. Like, that's what the point of John 3, 16, 17, and 18 are all about. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave, right? Um, he didn't come to the world to condemn the world, but save the world. But anyone who doesn't believe in God's one and only son stands condemned already. So that idea is this picture of that, well, we condemn ourselves. Like, we send ourselves there. So, and the only way that we can actually send ourselves there is by not believing in God's one and only son. So if that's true, that means you and I were born with a trajectory of hell. Mm. Not because God was sending us there. It's because we created that um, for ourselves to go to a place that was designed for Satan and his angels. Um, I, I think if we don't have a picture of understanding... I don't know, our weakness, our brokenness, um, our sin, then do we really need a Savior? Yeah, for sure. For me, um, that whole sentence, in my mind, is said like this. Um, unless you are making change in your life, and unless you are tackling your sins and recognizing the sins, you're not really grateful that God saved you. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have that attitude of gratitude and for me, that gratitude is what motivates me to change. You know, I am so grateful that I'm going to give this sin up. Or the contrary is, I don't want to give up my sin yet. So, I mean, I'm grateful, but I'm not, I'm not that grateful for it. You know, maybe you just don't realize or maybe you don't believe that hell is truly a real place. And maybe that's why, you know, you don't feel like you need to be grateful for, 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 for things. I, I was listening to an online pastor. Um, were you going to interject? Yeah, I was, I was Go going ahead. to throw a little bit different spin on that. Don't forget the online pastor thing. I want to come back to that. Uh, so the, I, I'm going to go as a sinner saved by grace myself here. I, I tend to look over my shoulder and say, man, how, how good it was, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so sometimes I lose sight of that. I think of, of Peter walking on water, right? We all know Jesus was the only one that walked on water. Well, not necessarily yeah. true. There was another dude that did, uh, but, but, in, but Jesus allowed him to. And, and, uh, and so there are times where uh, I, I won't say not to just disagree with you on the first podcast podcast here, Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say that, that I do disagree with you. I'm just going to offer a different perspective that there are times where it is hard to be a follower of Christ because you do, and it, it's, it's sometimes it's painful, right? The path is, is narrow. Um, and, and so you look back at, at the thing from which you were saved and every once in a while it starts to look pretty nice, mm-hmm. right? Which is, which is part of our sin nature. And so, um, so I'll offer that that in times when I'm struggling with my faith, um, that that it is it's not that I don't appreciate what Jesus did for me. It's that my sin nature is creeping back up, which which ultimately is redemptive in nature. It's mm. man, I, I keep falling back into whatever sin, or I keep questioning this. It's but but it's super cool because rather than say that it isn't a serious faith, it's more that it reaffirms it. Every time I come back and say, oh, oof, Jesus, I'm so glad you saved me from that because mm-hmm. I was about to trip over the edge of that cliff. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that. So nice. not necessarily disagreeing, just a different spin on that. It's all good. It's all good. Online pastor? Yeah, online pastor. Um, this actually went more along with what Nate was saying. Um, and I, I wish I remembered who the guy was so I could give him credit. As long as it wasn't Joel Osteen. It <laughs> Sorry, shout out. It was not Joel Osteen. Um, just know that uh, the, these were not my own words or my own thoughts. Um, he was saying, 
to answer the question of, you know, why does, en- why does God send anyone to hell? His mm. answer was similar that, well, we send ourselves to hell, but he said, this is how. He said, imagine that you're trying to describe to a friend how to get to your house. Mm-hmm. You turn left at this street, you go straight through that stop sign, you go this way, you go this way, you make a left, and that's my drive. The person didn't write down any of your instructions. So they're still trying to get to your house, but they're making all the wrong turns. They're going the complete opposite way. And then they call you up and they're mad at you. Hey, I didn't end up at your house. And you're like, well, did you follow the instructions that I laid out before you? And they go, no, I just tried to find it my own. Well, you brought yourself to somebody else's house. Hmm. You didn't make it to my house. I laid out a path for you and you didn't take it. You know, and that's what God has done for us in Scripture. Hmm. Um, That was an interesting take. Um, I, uh, I I, I I like the creativity of that metaphor. Um, but I also yeah, I thought that was good. I also really like, um, I also really like the way that you put it too. Yeah, it's just something that I thought of. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool because the idea is, um, the the, the ultimate hope that we have is is that that I mean I, I like I like that's why I love the picture of the fact that it's good news. I mean, as funny Abe was. We were we were coming back from missional community last night, and I was talking to a guy on Instagram. Oh boy! And because he believes in universalism, you know that even after death, that yeah, there's going to be torment, but it's only for a moment because they're all going to want to give their lives back over to Jesus because they don't want to live in this state. That's not how that works. <laughs> oh, I finally realized it's bad. I guess I should believe in Jesus. Yeah. Too late, bud. Sorry. Yeah, and Not thousands of years. I uh. Because I asked him, you know, about uh, was it Abraham's bosom? Oh no! And, uh, and Lazarus and the rich man, you know. So I was like, dude, explain that one to me. He's like, well, then he starts showing me other scripture. And I'm like, dude, this has nothing. The scriptures have nothing to do with your argument. Yeah. It just has everything to do with salvation <laughs> now, but not salvation after. Yeah. And um, and of course, the guy disagreed with me. Of course, and I just sure. kind of said, oh, "Okay, whatever." Another scripture that would go along with that isn't there another Lazarus that got sent to hell and he was begging yeah. for a drop of water? That's it. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So yeah, and he's like, "I'll well, let me at least go back and tell my brothers." Mm-hmm. And and uh, Jesus was like, "No, he's got the law of Moses." Mm-hmm. You know, so they have all this. We have all this ample time right now to give our lives over to Jesus. And if we don't, well, we have no one to blame but ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't really talk about this much on Sunday, but like we, are, we live in a blame, we're a blame other society. We blame everybody else for our mistakes, um, for our issues, for our no sins. Accountability. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, on, I only did this because, and then, well, because she was never there. Uh, he was always working. Uh, whatever excuse. Um, oh well, he paid. They paid extra money to send their kids to this camp, so my kid didn't. You know, it's always a blame other society instead of just saying, "Man, man the issue is me." You know, I'm the common denominator. Um, I'm the reason for all these things in, in our life. So, you know, I've been married, and again, I'm not. I'm not trying to like hurt people or put people down for sure. But yeah, I've, I've been married four times. Well, who's the common denominator in that four times? You are, right? Mm-hmm. It's not always somebody else's fault, the reason why you're not in your, you know, your fourth or fifth marriage now or whatever. You're the common denominator. The reality is, is just, just admit it. That's all you got to do. Admit it. I have a problem. I am a sinner and I need 
his grace because that's the point of salvation. The salvation is to say, I'm broken and I'm in need of a savior. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I thought it was so good. That's why I love the next part, Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. I mean, these are so good. And I love that you, that, that song. I, I know I've heard that song before. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, right? Mm-hmm. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins. So in that moment, he's basically saying, there was literally nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. We are stuck. We are dead. And it says, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Yeah. I mean, that just, I, I'm, going, I'm not going to lie, guys. This is my struggle. <laughs> this is my struggle as a, I would say probably as a Christian before I'm a pastor. But I, I, I don't, I, I, and I know the evil ones working in the hearts of unbelievers, right? I mean, that's, he said that just a few, few moments earlier. But I, I struggle to understand what keeps so many people from just saying yes to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get we have to live a certain way after we do it. But of course I would. It's like somebody... It's in response to not I am obligated. Yeah. Meaning like if you really get it, dude, this is just how I live. This is not a debate. Th- that's right. Like some, let's say I'm in major debt. You know, I'm in, let's say... $300,000 of debt. I don't know what I'm going to do to get out of it. In fact, there's literally nothing I can do to get out of it. And then suddenly, all in this moment, someone comes along and says, Hey, Nate, listen, I'm going to take care of that. My, my life is in debt of this person. Like, I feel like I owe them everything because they, are literally, they literally got me out of the bondage that I'm living in. I mean, I owe them my life. And, and, of course, they'll be like, listen, you don't need to be all crazy and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. this is just because I love you and I care yeah. about you. Here you go. But it doesn't matter. I still feel like, and I, I know this is also when you think about salvation and grace, it's always going to, I'm, I'm not doing this justice enough. But, but to me, I'm like, ah, oh, I want to serve them. I want to make sure they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they have a need. I want to be able to meet that need. If they, mm-hmm. if they need help, I want to be able to help them. If they, uh, I want to tell the world about how good this person really is, is, yes. has been to my life. And I would argue that it's not because you feel like you owe them. No, of it's course. It's because you're just so moved I'm, by it's their graciousness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's insane. You're like, what? Yeah. I would say here's the thing, too. too. Imagine that scent will go along with that same narrative. Okay. The problem is that now, with your response being that, all your friends realized how big a trouble you were in. And oh, for sure. It all out in the open. So what it means to follow Jesus, people see it. And then they see you then, right? So they see the shift. And then they hold you where you were. And they say, well, Nate, dude, you were in debt to this guy. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And they keep holding you there. And the problem is that's what it means to follow Jesus is to say, my life's going to look different. It's going to change. People are going to ridicule me. People are not going to like me. People are going to call me whatever they want to call me, whatever. But that's the cost. And that's the interesting thing is people, I would say, you know, when Jesus says count the cost before following me, I think that our world has almost chalked it up, already understood the cost, and they're like, I'm not interested. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. I'll offer a perspective, you know, to Nate's 
question about I understand how anybody could could do this. And and so uh, I'm an engineer by degree, so I think con- in a concrete manner, I have to be able to see it, touch it, feel it, taste it. And so there are a lot of folks out there who are saying. those are just words on a page that hasn't been real to me. And the people Mm -hmm. who say that that's real have heard me. Right. And one of the things that I wish that people, and and we've all seen, seen what, what I call church hurt. You guys may call it the same thing. And, and I've had Mm -hmm. conversations with good, good friends who've walked away from faith and it's, you know, why help me understand. Um, And it's man, just this church did this thing to me. Uh, These people did these things to me. And I wish like for the compassionate side of me, wishes that we could all uh, have this little badge on our shirt that says, hi, I'm Jason. I'm human. I will let you down at some point, (laughs) right? I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to let you down. I'm trying to be like this guy in this book tells me to be, but but I fail at it. And so oh, yes. when, when I hurt you, read that book, and then you tell me where I hurt you uh, based on what it says in that book, and I am sorry for that in advance. If we could fit that all in one name tag. I know. And I am sorry for that in advance. <laughs> but but to throwing it back to what uh, Abe said about um, – about the, the the cost and 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 our things being exposed, right? Uh, I heard a story recently. It was oh, so and so works at a church. I I knew them when they were little, and I can't believe you know I can't believe the church hired them because you know because of who they were when they were kids. And I'm My like, wait a second, say well, about me. You know, and I look at that, and it's one of these. Well, isn't that beautiful, right? Isn't that the redemptive picture of Christ? Oh, for sure. And that and it's well, yeah, because. If they would have worked for, they wouldn't have worked for the church when they were doing those things. But 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 look at how how their hearts have been changed, and their hearts have been changed both by Christ and for Christ. Anyhow, I'll it's shifted. It's a total that. perspective shift. That's the thing that people. And I would say also, this is the thing as Christians, we've got to communicate better, because there, there are Christians that just aren't communicating what it is that is actually important. What I mean by that is, we don't focus on the right things. We focus on well, this is. This is the truth. This is what it is. Or, like we talked about truth and grace, or this is the grace. Mm-hmm. And the problem is you need to say, hey, this is what's true about me and about you. Yeah. But here is also where we're living. Yeah. Meaning this is what's true, but yeah, this also this is what our lives look like now. Instead of like, well, this is just what it is. You need to accept it. Well, you need to deal with it. And I and I, and I hear that. And I, I love both of, both of those responses because I sit here and I think that I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been hurt by Christians. Um, uh, I've lost track. And, and we've hurt people. And, and I've hurt people. And in response, yeah. Yeah, people and hurt it people. hurts. Amen. And But that, I think that's why I try to make – I try to – and I, maybe I don't over-communicate this, but I, I, maybe I need to, um, or anybody, any any pastor on our staff needs to, is that – that at the end of the day, I don't follow Jesus, and I'm not a part. I don't follow Jesus, and I'm not a part of His church because of people. Mm-hmm. I'm be, I'm there because of Him. Yeah, um, that's right. And so I need the people as messy as we can be, um, because it's the only way I want to get better. And I need Him because it's the only way that I'm going to get through life, um, and and into eternity with Him. Right, and so. I think no matter how bad I, but, but I don't know if that's out of maturity, uh, of good mentors in my life, things like that, um, is I've learned that no matter how bad I've been hurt by, say, a Christian or Christians, um, and hopefully vice versa for other people like me that, that have been hurt by me, um, they would still say, you know, it doesn't matter because I still need Jesus and I still need the body of Christ. There is no plan B. This is God's plan A. 
and um, because that's important, which is also why it's really good that we're in the Word all the time because, um, I mean, Jesus even says that if anyone has anything against you, not you having against someone else, if someone has something against you, go and make it right. He doesn't even say if you've done them wrong. Yeah. He says, if somebody just doesn't like you, yeah. meaning like if they're holding something, something against, against you that you. doesn't even seem There's a grudge fair. or they're frustrated with you, you are to go make it right. You could, you could have done everything right. You could have lived by the book. You could have, you may not even sinned, but you've hurt somebody. Yeah. That means you need to go and say, how can I make this better? You know, and I don't. You, maybe you don't need to apologize because you didn't do anything again, like that would create sin. But the reality is, is maybe you need to go back and say, "Listen, I need to make this better. How, how can I do that?" Right. And anyways, like when I sit here and think about these are the things that we're called to do as followers of Jesus, and I think so many of us maybe miss that because that's that is by definition grace. Like mm-hmm. it's we don't giving deserve something, it. Giving something that's not deserved. That's right. That's it. I mean, and I think that's the point of why we have to, and, and um, as Liz was sharing with me, this is why we have to keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, because I, I'm, we almost have to make people so sick of it. In fact, that's what vision's all about. They say a lot of times vision, when, when, without vision, the people, uh, uh, what is it? Without vision, the people, come on. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting. Plot a revolution. Yeah, plot no, a, no um, <laughs> uh, oh, perish. Without yeah. vision, people perish. Yep, that's yeah. right. And so, um, and, and when you sit here and think that you have to communicate vision so much that when you think people are sick of it, you tell them one more time. Proverbs 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and here, here's what I'm saying is that you have to over-communicate grace. You have to over-communicate truth. You have to over-communicate the gospel. <laughs> I'm sure people are getting sick and tired of me, which we kind of know, is that you have to over-communicate. What is the church? Uh, it's not a building. And and until we understand that it's a people being together, loving God together, worshiping God together, serving God together, and, and doing the same things with our neighbors, that's the body of Christ. That's what church is. Well, Jesus also says, you're not going to get more until you start doing what I've already told you to do. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going anywhere until we get this. <laughs> Which is really funny to me. I heard this year. I heard this years ago. Um, I think. I think I was talking to with you and Liz, right? I don't remember, but um, it was this. So there was this pastor. This is a real, a true story. I don't remember who did it because it was years ago. Oh, and you're I've talking about the, like preaching the same message? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so years ago, and Liz goes, or Abe goes, "You want to do that? Maybe mm-hmm. I should do that." <laughs> um, a, a pastor got up there. And preached the entire message on love and how to be, how to love one another so well that other people are experiencing God's love and hope because we are loving each other so well. Okay, he gets up there and preaches that message. Gets off. Great message, pastor. Whatever. People go on their way. Did anybody change from that message? Okay. So the next Sunday comes. He gets up there preaches the same message that he preached the week before. Mm-hmm. The people probably thought, oh, you know, they gave, uh, they gave him like, oh, he... Gave maybe him a had, little grace. Yeah, gave him a little grace. Maybe, maybe he, he had a busy week, you know, yeah. things like that. Maybe he forgot that he preached this message. That's all right. No big deal. 
but it was the same message on love, unconditional love, that we are to love one another as Christ loved the church, things like that. Okay? Goes about their week. Gets up there on week three. Preaches the same message. And people are getting... Going to lunch early. Yeah. Frustrated, (laughs) irritated, things like that. Um, After the service... You know, a few things had, had communicated and said, Does this, did it change you or things like that? Um, but again, not too much had happened. Gets up there. Well, another week goes by. Week four, gets up there, preaches the same message again. During the message, multiple people stand up and say, why do you keep preaching the same message? But they did it out of hate and anguish mm-hmm. and frustration and things like that. And, it's because, and he says to them right then and there, it's because of your response right now. You're not getting it. And so until you get this, I'm going to keep preaching the same thing over and over and over and over until you wake up and realize that the whole point of love is sacrificial. This isn't about you. Your job as a follower of Jesus isn't just to come to church, sit in your seat, hear these songs, listen to me preach, and go about your week as if nothing changed you. If nothing changes you, I'm going to keep preaching it over and over and over and over and over and over and over until it changes you. I thought, man. Now, I will say this. From what I understood is that they begin to see an awakening in their church then. Hmm. It took four weeks, though, for them to get this message, and it took anger and frustration and honesty to get to the part where they finally said, what are you doing? And he finally was able to get even more honest with them. And they realized that. And I think there was like this repenting opportunity and mm. forgiveness. People were talking with one another and say, you know what? Our church does need to change. Yeah. In response to that, uh, there's a, a quote that keeps running through my head. And, and some of y'all may have heard this before. I read Ragamuffin Gospel some years ago by Brennan Manning. If you've ever heard of that, that was a, a book straight out of before Abe was born. But uh, <laughs> it's a quote you heard, <laughs> which is uh, greatest, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge mm-hmm. Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable, which I've heard that quote. Bring yeah, I have back too. The don't, right. don't be roasting me. You've heard the quote, but the, the <laughs> book's good too. Uh, but but it, uh, it it brings me back specifically again to Ephesians two eight. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of of God. Not by work so that no one can boast because when we look at that quote, the greatest single cause of atheism is Christians who acknowledge Jesus and walk out the door. And so one of the beautiful things both for folks who who don't necessarily believe the truth of the gospel and for Christians is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist or a Christian or a dog or a cat, or maybe it does because you got have a soul. But, uh, but the bottom line there is it is by grace you have been saved, and you had nothing to do with it. You and can't no, walk out acting sweet. No? Yeah. I don't care how you act. You have been saved by grace, not how you act. Well, I, now, mean, I mean you can't. Like, you're, like what I'm saying is if you're living in a way as, as in the prideful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and – what I'm, what I mean by that is, 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 you know, when you walk out the door and denying by your lifestyle, all you're doing is, is solely in the, the, the grace that was given to you, which goes into what Nate is talking about a lot of, of what is our response to, to, to the grace that's been given, and that's that's obedience. Life life changes. And back to your original uh, comment, um, Nick is, is man, we have to, we have to be changed by that. I think that's why 
I, I, and I know I get accused of this, and I, again, I, I don't think I'm upset about this. It's just, I want people to understand what the church is. Mm-hmm. I really do, because I think we have, we have destroyed the biblical understanding of what it is to be the body of Christ. Like, that's what the whole end of chapter 2 is. Um, it, verse 19, he says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. I mean, he's talking right now is that both Jew and Gentiles, we are God's holy people by those of us who put our faith and trust in him because of his grace has saved us. Mm-hmm. Because you are members of God's family. And then he says this, Together we are his house. Right? Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, which literally just means the teachings, these documents that we have, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and all these letters. He's like, we're built on that foundation, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, and this is it, becoming a holy temple. Mm -hmm. Like, until, until we recognize as Christians that our bodies are the place of worship, then I, I don't know if we're ever going to understand church. Yeah. Because it's not where I go. It's not, not the parking lot I pull into, get out of my car and walk into that building. Or get picked up by a golf cart. Or get picked up by a golf cart. Sorry. I'm really pushing for He's that. He's going to try to get down it. I'm really pushing for that. <laughs> You've heard it here first, folks. <laughs> like, we are getting a golf cart ministry. Abe's pulling up. <laughs> Sorry, total side note. We're going to need more money. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, give more money. A joke. But... Uh, now, now, yes, yes, the body of Christ does come together in a building, but it's not this building or any building. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like, that's, that's who I am. I am. I am a part of the body of Christ because I am the, I am the, my, my body is the walking, breathing, a living temple that the Spirit of God lives in now. It's no longer the tabernacle. It's me, and it's you, and it's yeah. it's anybody listening to this. And all over the world, we are we are one church. We are one people, um, and we are joined together under the, the teachings of the prophets and the apostles. With Christ as the cornerstone, like until we understand that mentality, I will keep preaching over and over and over and over and over again. That we are to live and act and do things completely different. That's why he calls us holy mm-hmm. on purpose. And, you know, and for, for those of us who are having a hard time grasping that, right? I, I think it's, it's a really good idea to flip that over. I mentioned church hurt earlier. The flip side, the exact same side, uh, the exact same coin, the opposite side is if you're having a hard time wrapping your head around that, we all know someone who has some church hurt. That doesn't mean that somebody stubbed their toe walking through the doors. That doesn't mean that they walked into a door and now they have a black eye. That means that someone in the body, and, and by proxy all of us, have, have hurt them. And, mm-hmm. and so that gives us an opportunity to view it, Nate, like we are the body of Christ. So how do we reach out and, and heal? How do we reach out and help mend yeah. that, that mm-hmm. broken relationship? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you think about the Spirit dwelling inside you, um, we believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, yeah. okay? And we believe that they are equal parts, that mm-hmm. all three are God. So when you think about God, the God of the Old Testament, you know, um, 
in all his power and majesty and sovereignty. And then you think about Christ and all of his grace and mercy and, and truth and all these things. And you think about that the Holy Spirit is not just this afterthought. You know, it's not, it's not <laughs> this imaginary thing just because it doesn't have a physical form. It resides in you, that same power and majesty and holiness. It's supposed to be in us. And, it's, and, and to me, it's like I think, of, I think of a pregnant mother, okay? When a woman becomes pregnant, you know, what her lifestyle looked like beforehand, now what? You know, she's not going to smoke because she wants to take care of that baby. She's not going to drink because she wants to take care of that baby. You know, it's like she's doing things. She's changed her life to take care of that living thing that's inside, inside of her. You know, let's look at our life. You know, if we want to make a dramatic change in our life, we have to watch what we eat. We have to watch what we listen to, what we see, you know, what we are a part of. Um, it's, it's not just physical things, but it is like, you know... Sun, Sunday morning, you, you listen to worship music, and then you hear a message, and then you get back in your car and listen to, like, a bunch of filth. <laughs> ASAP Rocky. Hey, <laughs> or, easy. <laughs> I, I've got, on, on my car, I've got the 90s alternative station. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. Whoa. What kind of car is that, Jason? It's a, it's a little sedan. A little four-door sedan. <laughs> a little sedan. <laughs> a little four-door sedan. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, but... Uh, Getting back on good. track, yeah. you know, but it's it or or like the movies that you watch or yeah. like the things you get into or or this might hurt some people, but hey, look at the friend group that you surround yourself with. Yeah, if we're supposed to be a temple for this spirit for our God, then we need to take care of ourselves, and that's why I I already shared this with Nate. I love that he brought up that our body's a temple, and it goes right along with the message of us being a masterpiece. You know, who is going? What 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 artist is going to make this beautiful clay pot, for example, where they've spent all this time on it? They've they've they're proud of it. It's beautiful. They made this thing for a mantle, and then someone else is going to fill it up with dirt, or mm-hmm. like with 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 manure or filth or break the pot. It's you know? not what it was made to be. It's not what it was made to right. do. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. And and again, that's why. Um, that's why I like doing series, um, and I know it's a common theme, but it's it really helps to continue on the conversation about how it, how this all points together. That's why, like I'm, uh, you know, I'm like I'm not a big fan of saying, okay, well, you know, our my church attendance is this, but consistency is really significantly important if you're going to see any kind of change long term to understand how to live this out because like next week is you know week three um we're going to get into ephesians 3 but if you don't read ephesians 2 and if you aren't listening to ephesians 2 it really doesn't help uh to understand the the next part that he's saying which leads us then to our part over the next few weeks after that so um it's all about building yeah it's it's helping people to reimagine and re-understand what it is to read god's word um because it will change your life, but you can't cherry pick. You have to be willing to read the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, because that's how God redeems his people. Um, and God's the hero of the Bible. So um, if he's the hero of the Bible, even though I want to maybe look at people in the Bible that are like, you know, if I could, if I could mimic my life after somebody, that would be the person. But the reality is, is that but I really want to make, mimic my life after Christ. Mm-hmm. Because they, these people, maybe are, they have mimicked their life after Christ, or, or 
maybe a prophet who's been with God, you know, through, you know, and even then sometimes prophets have made some not so good decisions, but at the same time, a lot of them were killed too, unfortunately. So, you know, it's like, poor guys. But, um, but that's just the reality is that the scriptures are constantly showing that God's the hero. Yeah. Um, and I just want people to live in understanding that he's a hero. I get church hurt, and but we want to, we, I can't say this for all, but we want to be a church that's designed to help people who have been hurt by the local church and to help them understand. I wish we, you know, those name tags, right? Yeah. You know, like, I am human. I am going to mess up. As a pastor, I am going to fail you. I will probably say something sometimes that's going to get right to your n- nerve and heart, and it's going to hurt, and I don't mean it to do that. Um, and maybe I, and maybe I'm even wrong in how I, you know, communicate something, and then next week I have to go back up and apologize to the church. But that's the point of a difference, or that's the difference between, say, a pastor who's caring deeply about the people he's serving, and a pastor who's just doing it to get money and um, to make everything about them. To be famous on yeah, podcasts. Yeah, to be famous, right? <laughs> the, the Nathan Holtz podcast is coming soon. <laughs> That'd be I'd cool. That, I had to throw that in there. Yeah, right. So anyways, um, uh, I think it's it's a good opportunity. I think Ephesians 2 is loaded, especially those few verses, which is the gospel in a nutshell. You know, it's by grace you have been saved, yeah. and you cannot boast about that. So yeah. You can boast in him, but you can't boast yes. in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, what do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about, um, you know, we've been talking about uh, grace and mercy a lot, and... It's very easy to use those words interchangeably, but those words are different. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to ask around the table, you know, what are you guys' thoughts on the differences? You know, what, not mm. necessarily a definitional difference, but what's, what's the difference between grace versus mercy? Mm. That is a good question. Grace is God's unconditional um, favor upon us, um, right? And I think a lot of times uh, mercy is... You know, you you're still going to die, but you're not going to die the this way. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just using that as an example. Or I could do this, but but I'm only going to do this. I'm only going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like. I think grace has a kindness component to it. Mercy, to your point, right? We've all watched the Highlander or so, some, you know. Head cut, maybe, maybe I'm the only one yeah, sitting at the table. Yeah. Head cutting off show where it's like, you know, I was going to torture you, but I'm going to show you mercy and I'm yeah. just going to kill you quick. Oh, brave heart. That's a good one. Yeah, so mercy uh, and 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 grace on the other hand has, has a has a kindness component to it in in my in my thought there. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. I uh, I I think they both have a kindness mm-hmm. aspect to them. For me, you know, mercy is not giving someone what they deserve okay yeah that's right you know you we we deserve you know death we deserve you know? hell you're right we deserve hell you know yeah. but um, by his mercy you know we can we can have eternal life and then grace i like the idea of favor um mm-hmm. like like what nate said but in, in grace is the same thing it's 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 like it's giving something something it's giving someone something they don't deserve that's kind of extra. It's almost like it's a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, mercy is like, you deserve something bad, but I'm not going to give you that something bad. Mm-hmm. Grace is, you don't deserve something good, but I'm going to give you something yeah. good. It's like they're yeah. very, very that's right. close. That's right. It's a gift. And it, it almost sounds like we're saying the same thing, but they are different. Grace is almost saying, you don't even deserve mercy, <laughs> but here I am. Yeah. 
I mean, essentially, it's mm-hmm. like you don't even deserve being let off easy. Yeah. But here I am. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a good conversation um, or a comment to write on any platform that you're listening to. I mean, what do you what do you guys think about the difference between grace and mercy? Um, try and come up with some aspects of of how you've received God's grace, and you know, maybe another as- aspect of how you've received God's mercy, um, or how, maybe how you can give someone grace. Yeah. You know, versus someone giving you mercy. You know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're at the 50-minute mark. Okay, we're doing good. Um, our longest episode has been just over an hour. So I do want to wrap this up in about five minutes or so. Um, I like to talk. Not looking to break any records here. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I mean, we could. I mean, <laughs> hey, you know, people are still going to click it off if they're yeah. done. So what did we think about the Super Bowl last night? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, no, don't no, even no. do no, those sports ball games. Uh, those sports, sports ball games, games dude. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, Nick! Back to Ephesians. Back to Ephesians. Oh, uh, like like Nate on Sunday. Oh, anyways, we're talking about Jesus, not alien babies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the baby oh, it was fun, dude. Yeah. Um, funny. I want to go around the table. Table. What does it mean to you, one at a time, that you are God's masterpiece? What does that mean to you, Abe? Mm. Oh, of course, it started with me. Uh, right to right. my left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I would say, what does it mean to be God's masterpiece. I'll for say you specifically. I'll say mind blowing for okay. me because I don't view myself as a masterpiece. Right? Take a look in the mirror once. I think that can go for most of us. And you're just like, dude, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? It's mm, good. And I would say masterpiece for me is just like because masterpiece is not a light light word. I mean, it's uh, like masterpiece is it's like, man, this is it. This is completion. Yeah. This is beautiful. Like if you just restored a 1960s Chevelle, like chef's kiss, this is amazing. And and that's what we are. We are amazing. Even in our brokenness, even in our, even in our rejection sometimes in the way we live, or if we don't even come to know Jesus, we're a masterpiece made by God. And I think that that's something for me. Mind-blowing is my word. It's good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Jason. All right. So uh, the first thing that popped into my head, and I I, I like to put people on the spot, just I want to know what your heart thinks right now. Don't think about it. Don't polish it. And and I humor is a thing. And I was like, well, I, I... I mean, I guess I'm not much to look at, but God would say otherwise. So, <laughs> face for radio, face for face for podcasts. So. That's right, uh, face for podcasts. Uh, I have the body for podcasts. <laughs> oh, uh, so, uh, but but when I think about that a bit, again, go back to I, concrete thinker, and um, and even art has a purpose, right? Art is is. Uh, Art for the artist and art for the art viewer can be different things, mm-hmm. um, it, and I look at, at art from a viewer's perspective and say there's there's action required on my behalf, right? And so if I'm if I'm a masterpiece, I was created for a purpose, and I'm I, I know I'm getting into Ephesians two ten here, but there has to be a response in my mind for I I was created I I am this in Christ by by myself as a creation I'm I am flawed and and far from perfect but but Christ fills in my weaknesses and if I operate in him and in the spirit then then I can fully operate to your point about having um, Nick having the the spirit in us uh, part of the triune God is in us and it's that that is the coolest um, and, and so from that it's a reminder that that I need to be open and my hands need to be open for what 
what God has for me to do? What is that good work uh, uh, that he prepared for me? Mm-hmm. So it's a call to, to action or response, maybe, a call to respond mm-hmm. to I, I'm here for mm-hmm. a reason. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I'd probably echo that a little, just because I think, for me, um, again, I'm doing something I never thought I'd do, nor wanted to do. I was an engineer two weeks ago. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a week and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. So, yeah. I, so I tell you many times, I I feel very unqualified to do what I'm doing. Um, I listen to people out there who are way smarter, um, more educated. Um, even if they're not more educated, they're just very good with leadership and words. And as, as again, people in my position, are, and I just think, man, why in the world are you using me? And um, and then at the same time, I also think through the process that. Um, you know, my I want to be around though longer because I need to make better decisions about my own body. Um, mm-hmm. I need to be healthier. I I want to be around for my wife and my kids because be, if I can make that choice, um, I need to be a leader that this church needs me to be. I need to be someone who really leads by example. And and there's certain areas of my life that I I don't do well mm-hmm. and. So I feel like those, even in my, uh, I don't know, my my brokenness, some of my foolishness, um, that God is going to use for His kingdom, for His benefit, to bring Him glory and goodness. And I, and that's why I try to live my life with my hands open, yeah. to say, I, you know, okay, if this is what you want me to do, I will do my very best, and I will find as much as I can out there how to do my very best. And put people around me that will help me to do my very best, and and I think for me that's when I think that's that's what he's doing in me and through me as his masterpiece. Yeah. So it's cool. That's it. It's good. For for me, um, I I'd like what Abe said about the completeness. Okay, um, just the idea that God created me. Okay, and. He formed me in my mother's womb, and he had my whole life laid out before me of what he wanted me to do, and he has this image of me, right? And even though me being the artwork, you know, I didn't ask to be born in this time era. I didn't ask to be born um, into Mansfield, Ohio, or whatever, fill in the blank. It's like the art has no say over what the creator has created the art to be, you know. And it's interesting that Jason brought up the idea of the consumer, you know, because when someone looks on a piece of art or listens to a piece of art, you know, it might mean different things for them. It might affect them in different ways. It might um, impose certain feelings or certain thoughts. Mm. Um, and so when, when like, you kind of add all these things up, um, I think in many ways I agree with all three of you because... Though I had no say on what God created me to be, the just knowing that he is proud of me and proud of that work, it makes me want to really accept who he made me to be so that I can be an influence on others, so that they can look at my life and be like, that person is embracing what God made them to be, 
rather than fighting the creator to say no i didn't want to be i didn't want to be a pot i wanted to be a saucer you know or, <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah. else you know and so um for me words of affirmation are really big and so um the idea of god just saying hey i created you and i'm very very proud of you you know there's some mm, things you got to work on i can on. see that you're we mine. can do that together but yeah. you're mine that's yeah. cool and that means uh, more to me than anything absolutely i agree with that yeah that's good stuff it is good stuff all right well everybody uh we want to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode um ephesians 2 was great if you haven't read it on your own yet please do so you will be glad that you did nate what can the people expect for next week um Ephesians, Ephesians 3. three. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one, one right there. Yeah. <laughs> it does start to break up a little bit, though, in the next uh, few weeks after that. So, But um, really tomorrow is about um, that God is revealing th- his mystery of grace through the church. That's why I said it's a continuation of last week. So, so they're going to hear me talk about the church again, mm-hmm. about what it is about. But, but that's what Paul did. And so... Yeah. Um, you so. should change scripture so that we don't have to hear the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, not doing it. Well, um, people are going to start calling you Paul Holtz. <laughs> oh no! I, hey, I love Paul. He's my. He's one. He's he's probably my favorite. I'm not going to lie. He's my hero. He's my hero. Um, but that's really it. Is that he's revealing his grace through the world through the church, um, and um, it, it's and I love how chapter three ends. And then launches into chapter four, um, which is great, which will be in two weeks with Mr. Abram. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for this Sunday. I hope they come back for another uh, opportunity to dig a little bit deeper into grace um, and then watch the transition. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So this idea just popped in my head that I just want want to share really quickly. Um, I'm a very, very... um, I like symbol. I, I like symbolism. I like I like metaphors. I like parables. You know, um, imagery is very very strong for me. And um, imagine you had a whiteboard, okay, and you, the artist, took a sharpie marker and drew a smiley face. Well, then somebody else with a dry erase marker drew all over your smiley face, okay. And so that's what we've done with ourselves, okay. God's the sharpie that has our image, and we've tried to just mess it up with all other things. We've given ourselves a black eye. We've grown this nasty-looking beard, and our hair is all uncombed and unkept or whatever. I feel like you're really <laughs> looking straight right at, at me. I know. But He's see, looking but straight then, at me. He's <laughs> no, roasting me. No, you just went to the barber. You look great. Um, no, but then, like, you know, when we become a Christ follower, we're handed that dry erase marker, and we can erase all the stuff that we've added, and what's left is what God created. Is that black Sharpie? I don't know. Just came to my head. Maybe, maybe that'll mean something to somebody. Boom. Uh, now we're over an hour. So you're welcome. Nice work. Nick. <laughs> yes, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we want to thank you guys again for tuning in. We are excited to share with you next week's episode of Beyond the Row. And, you know, thank you guys for listening on whatever platform that you are. Let us know if you're listening on Spotify versus Apple Podcasts or was it Google? On Google too. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You can also get on our app. Platform. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're on the app. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys.